Good morning. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you. It's the first Sunday in Lent. Welcome here. We had an Ash Wednesday service last Wednesday, so here we are in Lent. Glad to have you here this morning. And uh, Lent is kind of a journey. And so uh, there's, a, there's a hymn in the hymnal called um, The Glory of These 40 Days. So I just uh, made a little arrangement of that. <clears throat> and it talks about all of these people who were tested in their lives of faith. And um, so I think the words will be up on the wall for you. And uh, it goes like this. These 40 days. The glory of these 40 days we celebrate with songs of praise for Christ who through all things were made himself has fasted and has prayed. Alone and fasting Moses saw the loving God who gave the law and to Elijah fasting came the seeds of chariots aflame. So Daniel trained his mystic sight, delivered from the lion's might. And John the bridegroom's friend became the herald of Messiah's name. Then grant, O God, that we may too return and fast and prayer to you. Our spirits strengthen with your grace and give us joy to see your face. Be with us through this season, God, and all our earthly days that we may come to know your way of grace and love and live it out. morning. Welcome you all to worship this morning. Uh, good to be together on this uh, Sunday morning. And you see that others, Beach are here this morning. The choir's here ready to sing as they were yesterday as well. Uh, you also see that the altar guild has been here setting the table for us to uh, come together to share the bread and wine of Holy Communion. We also have flowers uh, left over from uh, a celebration of life yesterday for Carol Richardson, dear member of our church who was 93 years old, lived a great life, and joined uh, Chauncey yesterday afternoon in the columbarium out there. So uh, we give thanks for her life as well. Good to be together. The order of service is printed before you in your bulletin. Everything will be projected for you as well. If it's comfortable, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gathering Him is gather us in.
we've entered now into this, uh, uh, this season of Lent, our response of reading this morning is a litany of confession and forgiveness. We have come from our homes. We have come to God's house. We gather with our sisters and brothers. We stand before God. Everyone welcome, everyone equal. We come in brokenness. To the God of healing. We have no secrets from you, O Lord. You know our hearts. You know our pain. You know our regrets. We have sinned. Against you. We have sinned. Against those we love most. Our sin has left us. With shattered dreams and broken hearts. The sin of others has left us. With bitterness and despair. We pray for forgiveness. You have promised us forgiveness. We pray for forgiveness. That we may forgive others. Our hymn of praise uh, this morning, um, I was thinking about having a sip, but it says if you've got to move when the Spirit says move, so I think you've got to stand. <laughs> and uh, go, go ahead, they're going to lead us, Jim and uh, assorted musicians are going to lead us in this one, and uh, the choir might show you when to clap. I can't do that if there's clapping time. A traditional African-American song, uh, born probably in the plantations in the 19th century. Uh, actually, the first couple of verses, uh, at least one of them might refer even to the Underground Railroad. Uh, other verses were added over time, and uh, as you would, might expect, it found its way into the church somehow and became a uh, traditional gospel song. So this is, uh, this is called You've Got to Move. You got to move, you got to move, you got to move, you got to move. And when the Lord is willing, you got to move. You may be high, you may be low. You may be rich or you may be poor, but when the Lord is ready, you got to move. You may run, cannot be caught. You may hide, cannot be found. But when the Lord is ready, you got to move. You might be right, you may be wrong, you may be living on the streets, you might be at home, but when the Lord is ready, you got to move, yeah, you got to move, 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 when the Lord
pitch a fastball, you might pull a curve. One thing I can tell you now is you're gonna have to serve. But the Lord is ready. You got to move. You got to move. You got to move. You got to move. You You may drink coffee, you might like tea, you may be standing tall or down on your knees, but when the Lord is ready, you got to move, yeah, you got to move. Go tell it on the mountain and down in the streets, yell it from the rooftop, tell everyone that you meet, that when the Lord is ready. Tell the preacher, choir director too. Tell them of all the love that's been for you. And what the Lord is ready, you got to move. Yeah, you got to move. You got to move. God. This is not your grandparents' Lutheran church. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Give us joy this day, gracious God. Give us joy with every uh, sunrise and sunset. Give us joy every time we gather together to uh, muse upon your grace and your good news for us. We pray that we'd be strengthened by this service and by this bread and wine that we might be your hands and feet in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. The first lesson this morning is from the second chapter of Genesis. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. 
and whatever the man called every living creature, that was his name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this is blessed, is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. The word of the Lord.
Beautiful. Thank you to the choir for that. Micah 6 8. Should have worn my yellow uh, trendy t shirt. Anybody have that one on today? That's what it says on the back of that t shirt uh, from Micah 6 uh, 8. Thank you for being here this morning. Uh, I got to tell you, we miss you when you're not here. And I just think back of how lonely it was during the pandemic. Uh, preaching Sunday after Sunday after Sunday to an empty uh, sanctuary, to just a camera taking a picture. So I appreciate so much that you are here this morning. And cheers to all of you online who are are gathering with us as well. What a great text we just heard uh, Ellen read from the first book of the Bible. You're wondering, what's Pastor Jim going to do with that one? Uh, It's not good that a man should be alone. It was the dawn of creation, and Adam was alone. You know what that means, don't you? He didn't make the bed. He dressed awkwardly. He didn't eat right. Most of his food came from the deep fryer at the shortstop. He sat around on the couch all day watching NASCAR, never asked for directions. He had pretty much everything he needed in that garden called Eden, and yet, What did the text tell us? He was miserable. So God created animals, and for a while that amused Adam, but alas, he was lonely. So he just heard the text. God went to work. God created a new and improved model, a major upgrade, humans 2.0, the woman. And Adam, as you heard, was overjoyed. He said, God, you are so wonderful to create this woman for me. I, I do not deserve this. And tell me, God, why did you make her so beautiful? God said, because, because I love you, Adam. But God, why did you make her skin so soft to the touch? And God said, because, because I love you, Adam. But God, why did you make her hair so fragrant and her lips so luscious? And God said, because I love you, Adam. But God, why didn't you make her just a little smarter? And God said, and God said, because I wanted her to love you, Adam. Okay. It's just a joke. Don't take any of it personally. Nothing more than a joke. (laughs) Our lesson for this first Sunday of Lent is no joke. It is a critical story to consider if we are to understand Jesus and it has much to offer us as well. Now, our text, our assigned text, comes from the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And I would encourage you to pull out your Bible sometime today and read those first 13 verses. And in this text, we encounter Jesus shortly after he was baptized. He had no sooner exited the waters of the Jordan when he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And though Genesis, that Genesis text cautioned us about being alone, that is exactly where we find Jesus. He is alone, all alone, as he contemplates the journey that was now before him. The Judean wilderness was a most inhospitable place. The sun was blazing hot during the day, but when it retreated, the desert would become dark and cold. The wilderness was scary. There were stories of mythical figures who lurked in the darkness, waiting to seize, kill, or devour humans. 
There were also snakes and spiders and assorted predators and desert pirates who lived outside of civilized society. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. Hunger, fear, exhaustion, and if that was not enough, he was alone. Alone is not a good place to be. Humans were meant to live, love, and serve together in community. Now, I realize that many people live alone, and they're happy and fulfilled. Their lives are full. But living in a house alone and being alone in life are two different things. One of the beautiful things about Trinity Lutheran Church is that weekly reminder as we come together here that we are not alone. We are somehow together for better or worse in good times and in bad. We count on each other. A smiling face, a helping hand, celebrating birthdays, someone to sing with, someone to drink coffee with, a prayer partner. This is what God intended. Now, my father taught me from a very young age the importance of finding community before you need community, the importance of investing in community long before you need the help of that community. Preschool teacher Olivia and her family have invested in the South Whidbey community for decades. And next Saturday, right here in the sanctuary, hundreds of people will gather with Olivia and her children to love and support them, to remind them that though they are broken and grief-stricken, they are not alone. It is not good that a man should be alone. Jesus was alone all by himself for 40 days in this most inhospitable place. But as the story unfolds, it's clear that he was... um, not entirely alone. And the company he had was not interested in his well-being. No, the text tells us that the devil was there, the tempter, the master of deception, lies, shortcuts, and bad advice. Have you ever met him in your life? Most of us have. He may have been disguised. He does not tend to show up with a pitchfork and horns. We would run for sure then. He usually looks good. He may have looked really good in a fraternity blazer. He may have come to you with an offer that was too good to be true. She may have been more understanding or attractive than your wife. I can still remember the kind, caring people who stood outside of Wrigley Field in Chicago on the street corners near the ballpark. I was attending a Cubs game. I was 12 or 13 years old, and these kind people were there giving me a gift. It was an absolute free gift. It was two packs of Camel cigarettes. It was a gift, no charge, it's free. A gift for you from R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. It is not good that a man should be alone, but better to be alone than in bad company. Jesus was not alone. The devil was close at hand, and the devil had a variety of offers now for Jesus. The devil said, Jesus, turn this rock into bread. Turn this rock into bread and you can eat. There's no need for you to be hungry, Jesus. You are the son of God after all. So forget this nonsense about being human. These humans are disgusting and weak. Take control of your destiny, Jesus. Turn these rocks into bread. I know you're hungry. Even though his stomach is growling, Jesus withstood the temptation. 
the devil tried again. Look, Jesus, look into my Google Earth, and I'll show you all the kingdoms of the world. If you worship me, I will give it all to you. It's a good deal, Jesus. Take the deal. What harm could it do? Of course, the promise was empty. There would be no payoff. The master of empty promises could not give what he did not have. It was all a lie. The tempter was not done. Come with me, Jesus. Come to the temple in Jerusalem. It's a holy place, Jesus. God will be with you there. Throw yourself down off the pinnacle of the temple, and the angels will protect you lest you dash your foot against the stone. Time, space, gravity, humanity need not limit you, Jesus. You're better than that. Who told you that you needed to be human? Why would anyone want to be human? These poor, pathetic people are weak and powerless, but you are the Son of God. Never forget that, Jesus. I'm on your side. I'm on your side, helping you to be all that you can be. So don't settle. You deserve more. That's how the scene played out. And I should be very clear on this point. The devil has no power. The devil has no power. The devil only has the power to deceive, to lie, to tempt those with free will to live and act contrary to God's desire, to lead them away from abundant life to a life of ruin. Now, some of you are old enough to remember uh, Flip Wilson. Here, Flip Wilson is going to portrays a pastor's wife who was uh, kind of caught by her husband spending too much money on dresses. She came in the house, she had the box, Rev saw it. Rev said, what, another dress? So this is ridiculous. Three dresses in a week, another dress? And she tells him, I didn't want to buy this dress. <laughs> the devil made me buy this dress. <laughs> you remember that. The devil made me do it. No, the devil has no power over us. If we give in to temptation, it's our free will decision to do so. The devil has no power over us. So what was the real temptation in the wilderness 2,000 years ago? Well, it had nothing to do with bread. You see, the devil was tempting Jesus to deny his humanity, to forget who he was, and consequently to reject his mission. He was tempting the one who humbled himself, taking the form of a human, to turn his back on his humanity, to seize power, and to give up his role as a servant. But Jesus would have none of it. Jesus would not be led astray by lies, half-truths, shortcuts. He would remain faithful. And the text ends then by saying the devil departed from Jesus until an opportune time. With that, the devil disappears completely from the gospel story. The opportune time, you wonder? The opportune time would come some three years later when Jesus was alone, this time in the Garden of Gethsemane, this time facing the cross, facing death, the devil would meet him there alone in the darkness and tempt him once again with the very same temptation to deny his humanity. Jesus, don't go to the cross for these fools. Look over there, they're sleeping. You're going to die for them? They are pathetic. Remember, Jesus, you're not one of them. You're better than they are. 
Well, that scene will unfold for us in five weeks from today on Palm Sunday. But today we have the temptation of Jesus in the desert of Judea. So what can we learn from this very ancient story? Well, there's three points I'm going to put out there that you might take home with you. Three points that could keep you out of jail, save your marriage, or at very least spare you many long days and sleepless nights of misery. Point one, know who you are. Know your identity. You are a child of God. You are loved, you are forgiven, and you are never alone. Know who you are. And if someone questions your identity, if someone dares you to prove yourself, just walk away knowing that they have no power over you. Point two, stay out of the wilderness. Stay in community. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Stay out of the wilderness. Isolation makes us more susceptible to temptation. Isolation is the ally of temptation. It is not good for a man to be alone. Now, if you're a student of history, you probably already know this, but the greatest period of lawlessness, prostitution, drunkenness, murder, and mayhem in the United States history occurred in the great California gold rush of 1849. You see, young men came from across the United States and across the world to make their fortune in California. And they left behind their homes, and they left behind their families, they left behind their churches to strike it rich in the gold fields. And with no one watching, with no one to please, with no mothers or grandmothers around, surrounded by strangers and isolated from the moral and social values of their upbringing in the wilderness of California, they were alone and they were vulnerable. Isolation is the ally of temptation. Business people on the road alone are vulnerable. Removed from the voices of reason, far from the advice of those who loved us, we are vulnerable. 19-year-olds at college are vulnerable. We can hear the voice of the tempter. I'm telling you, stay out of the wilderness. Alcoholics, they don't drink at AA meetings. And they don't drink on a night out with their sponsor. And spouses do not cheat on each other on date night at the Prima Vistro. And Judas did not take 11 disciples with him as he hatched a plan to betray Jesus. No, they would have talked him out of it. So many innocent people would have been not suffering today if Sam Bankman Fried had consulted his rabbi and said, you know, I'm thinking about starting a Ponzi scheme. How would you advise me? You see, isolation is the ally of temptation. Stay out of the wilderness. Stay, as you have this morning, in community. And finally, the final point, recognize the pickup lines of temptation. The rules don't apply to you. You deserve better. You will not get caught. Everyone is doing it. Your needs are not being met. Forget 
your vows. If you hear any of these pickup lines, run for your life. Temptation often begins with something that seems very harmless. Turn a rock into bread. What harm could that do? It starts with something very harmless, but it escalates, and soon it's out of control, or it controls us. Now, Jesus resisted all temptations. You know what that is? That's a God thing. I've never been that successful. We are not Jesus. We are much more like the Apostle Paul who wrote these words. I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but the very thing that I hate. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil that I do not want is what I do. And that's why we have this meal. Bread and wine. A meal of forgiveness. And an invitation to a new beginning. We are not Jesus. And we need to hear over and over and over again that we are loved that we are forgiven, and that we are never alone. You see, it's not good for a man, it's not good for a woman to be alone. So keep doing what you're doing today. Stay in community. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to stand, and we're going to sing, Bind Us Together.
lift our hearts now to God. Uh, Ellen's going to lead us in the prayers. Each petition will end, hear us, or each petition will end from the wilderness we call. Our response, hear us, O God. God of the wilderness, hear us as we recall your promises and lift our prayers. God of wilderness and water, your son was baptized and tempted as we are. Guide us through this season that we may not avoid struggle, but open ourselves to its blessings through the cleansing depths of repentance and words of the Spirit. Often caught between joy and despair, we yearn for the fulfillment of your desire beyond the brokenness of this life. We offer thanksgiving for your presence with us and pray for the transformation of our hearts, the church and the world. From the wilderness we call. Loving God, sometimes you call us into the wilderness, and at other times your spirit draws, drives us into those places. Day by day you sustain the weary with your word and gently encourage us to place our trust in you. Awaken us to the suffering of those around us. Give us grace to embody the beloved community and share each other's burdens. From the wilderness we call. Hear us, O God. Healing God, there are many among us who face barren times, wilderness times in their lives. Help us minister to them in those times so that they may come through the wilderness and be whole. We lift up the names of those carrying heavy burdens now, either out loud or in the silence of our hearts. Help us bring food to the hungry, shelter to the homeless, welcome to the marginalized, courage to those who faint, and hope to those who are tempted to despair. From the wilderness we call. God, in this time of conflict between nations, this time when we are being tested to see if we will do justice as well as love mercy, we pray for guidance and for your light to lead the way of the rulers of our nation and the nations of the world. From the wilderness we call. That we might become the story that we tell and be living proclamations of the good news, we bring our prayers today, entrusting them to your care and grace. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you.
We share a sign of peace and greeting with one another. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. Thank you uh, for sharing in that greeting of peace. After the service, come on over in the gym. For time of coffee and cookies and fellowship together, would encourage you to do that. Spend a little time sharing your stories, getting to know each other. Also, every week, read that bulletin very carefully because there's a lot of uh, announcements on there uh, that, about our life together, about our shared life. So read those every week. If you could do that, that would be fantastic. Now, we entered into Lent on Ash Wednesday, last Wednesday night. That means now every Thursday night... Uh, through Lent, we will be coming together for a potluck in the gym, 6 o'clock. Potluck means we eat whatever one brings. Uh, 6 o'clock in the gym, and then 7 o'clock. If you can make that, that's great. If you can't make that, but you can make it here at 7 o'clock for worship. We have hold an evening prayer uh, here. Uh, those services last about 35 minutes. Uh, hold an evening prayer is a beautiful evening um, liturgy. And also we have a preaching series on the Psalms. So um, 6 o'clock every Thursday, uh, 7 o'clock worship every Thursday uh, going forward. Um, funeral next uh, Saturday uh, for Garth Batchelor, which was referenced in the sermon as well. Uh, Olivia, a longtime teacher in our uh, preschool. Uh, I was told there's an article in the South Bowlby Record about it today, even though I have not read that yet. Uh, what we're looking for is cookies. So if you can make some cookies, bring those in during the week or bring those in next Saturday morning, that'd be really helpful as we're expecting probably close to 300 people here uh, for this uh, service. So if you can help with that, that'd be fantastic. Uh, Dr. Joe Sheldon uh, has his bird migration field trip to the Skagit Valley next Saturday. If you signed up, you're in. Uh, that's good. If you didn't sign up, it's full, so he'll do another one maybe, but uh, that's next Saturday, um, and you'll get a reminder call from the office this week along with details that you need about the uh, bird migration field trip to the Skagit Valley. I should thank you, too, for your gifts to LIRS, Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Services. We sent in $15,000 this week from our parish, and that goes to help uh, um, young people get launched in Guatemala in a healthy way with homes and work so that they don't have to make that long journey to our southern border uh, looking for hope. So thank you for those, those gifts um, as well. Uh, I'm going to call on Deacon Amy. Good morning. Start with a thank you, our Super Bowl food drive last week. We donated over 844 pounds of food and donations to Good Cheer Food Bank and more heading up to Heart. Thank 
was asked to announce South Woodby High School Honor Society is hosting a blood drive this Friday. So uh, they'll be there from 8.30 to 2 o'clock, something like that on Friday, but please go to Northwest Blood Works and sign up online. Uh, they're, they're hoping for good community response for their blood drive on Friday. And then starting March 1st, we have a, a new book group getting together to discuss the book called A Year of Living Kindly. So we'll be getting together on Fridays for six or seven weeks starting on March 1st. There is a sign-up sheet on the table in the narthex. If you would like me to order a book for you, please sign up there and I will have those ready uh, soon. Soon, March 1st is coming up soon. Uh, and then the ladies of the church are getting together for a mini Lenten retreat all about the Enneagram and nourishing your spiritual journey. So an opportunity to get together and learn more about the Enneagram, what it is, how it can affect our lives, how we can learn more about ourselves and each other through that. Uh, so space is limited, so please do sign up for that. Uh, we'll be here from 10 to 2, and that will include lunch and time to visit with each other. And then elementary students are heading back to Camp Lutherwood in March. So if you have an elementary student who would be interested in going uh, for this 24-hour retreat, a great introduction to camp, come and see me soon. So this is March 8th to 9th. We go up Friday evening and come back Saturday evening. A great time. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Carl? The, uh, in honor of Black History Month, the uh, Martin Luther King Jr. service or um, commemoration that was canceled because of ice and snow last month is this coming Saturday. Everything's happening next Saturday at 1 o'clock, so at St. Augustine's. Uh, if you feel like um, you want to be participants in that, go to St. Augustine's at 1 o'clock next week. Details are in the bulletin on that one, so take note of that. Uh, finally, a word about communion. All are welcome. Doesn't matter how long you've been away, how long you've been in the wilderness, where you've been. Uh, there's only one host. It's not the Lutherans. It's Jesus, and you're invited to come. So you'll come down the center aisle. The ushers will help you to come down the center aisle. Uh, and there you'll hold out your hand to receive the host, the body of Christ. Hold on to it momentarily. The first chalice will then have wine. The second chalice will have grape juice. You can intinct the uh, wafer into uh, the chalice of your choice. We also have gluten-free as well. If it's comfortable for you as we transition the table, I'd invite you to stand. We gather now at a table that welcomed our parents and grandparents, a table that will welcome Christians of a variety of colors, cultures, and denominations this day across the world. As we do so, we remember a Thursday night in Jerusalem. It was a Thursday night in Holy Week. In an upper room with his disciples on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to all who were gathered there, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks, and he gave it for all to drink, using very strange words, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray.
gifts of God for the people of God. All are welcome. Please come. You may be seated.
may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Fed and forgiven, we go out into the world to make a difference as the followers of Jesus. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Ending, sending him is a great way to end. It's really a blessing we give to one another. I bless you in the name of the Lord. I bless.